Hello and welcome. This is Mark Medeiros, and I'm with Negotiation Strategist Research. For our listeners, you know that persuasion, influence, and negotiation are how we communicate our needs to the world. Tricks don't win. Knowledge does. This is Mark Medeiros, and we're going over Lesson 11 today. It has to do with the operational side of negotiation generally. Specifically, we're going to talk about our physiology, your physiology, and what happens. And I'll have different stories to illustrate what I'm talking about. First of all, as we always say, we communicate our needs to the world using persuasion, influence, and negotiation, and to do better, we have three systems. One is strategic, things we do beforehand. Secondly, tactical, things we do at the negotiation. And third, operational, things external to the negotiation that impact its outcome, its trajectory. And when we talk about operational, there are a few subsets. One, of course, is the media we use. Is it on the phone? Is it in person? Another thing we talked about is room layout, how we lay out the room. Another element is the time of day, and another one, the physiology, how we respond, how our bodies respond to negotiation. And to that end, let's get right into it. So a lot of people think about showing up to a negotiation is about tactics and tricks and traps and having people look into bright lights. All these tricks are to create anxiety and stress, and they're used in different settings, but they have limited utility for professionals. What you have to know is there's five things that matter. The first, of course, we talk about what communication you're using. Secondly, the media. We're going to talk about in-person or even your performance when it's in real time. In other words, I'm speaking, I may be drafting. How is my body performing to persuade and advocate for the position I want? This is all about physiology, which is the point we're getting to. The other points have to do with the time of day and the room layout. But physiologically, here's what I want you to do there. Four things you've got to take care of before you negotiate. And when you think about it, professional athletes, millions of dollars are on the line for their on their performance. And you as a professional negotiator or as a diplomat, there may be millions or billions of dollars on the line. Or it may be something really dear to you like advocating for more child support or having a dispute with your neighbor, someone you have to live next door to. All these things require you to be physiologically level and mindful. So what do we do? It's obvious. You've heard a million times. Get enough sleep. Sleep is very important. It's how your brain repairs itself. It repairs, it gets a plaque on your neurons, which has long-term impact on your health. Also, we want to stay in shape. We want to try to have our systems that are relaxed and comfortable, doing a workout regimen, training your body, because your body basically supports the most important organ in negotiation, which is your brain. Your brain burns a lot of calories. It has to have really good biochemistry to work properly. We could go into diet and non-inflammatory foods, but that's for nutritionists. Uh, nutritionalists. So why don't you 
read up on that or Google things about non-inflammatory foods, which help us feel relaxed. They put less pressure on us. We feel better and we perform better eating the right foods. So too, you have to have a mindfulness of your all-around health. This means know when it's time to negotiate and when you are feeling off because you can maybe balance a few things, maybe a common cold, maybe a mild headache, but at some point your performance in the negotiation will be compromised and either your own interest or the interest of your employer will be compromised. So physiologically, you want to generally maintain this overall health. So now I want to go into the basic things and I want to talk about blood sugar levels, glucose. Basically glucose is the only food that your brain can eat. Whatever you put into your body eventually has to be broken down to a very basic sugar called glucose. And we know what it feels like. Low energy. Well, you may have low energy. You may say have a candy bar and then you have this spurt of energy. You feel great but you will crash pretty hard. That's why you need some long-term, probably a protein-based food if you're feeling low. I was teaching at a uh, technology company once and one of the negotiators said to me that she actually places candy dishes on the conference table and when the other side reaches, she knows they're compromised and she starts to ramp up her ask and becomes more aggressive in the negotiation because she knows they're feeling physically uncomfortable because their blood sugar levels are probably low. That's why they're reaching for the candy. So she actually uses hard candy as an indicator of gauging her negotiation performance. I'm not endorsing this. This is just something that happens. And it's pretty smart when you think about it because time of day matters on glucose levels. Do not send any emails out after 8 p.m. Nothing good happens because your blood sugar level is pretty low. You, your brain is telling you, I don't have enough food. I need to sleep to kind of replicate or uh, synthesize uh, glucose so I can better uh, perform. How do we know glucose levels help us negotiate, help us perform, help us reason? Well, there were studies done by the Israeli Parole Board whereby they were trying to determine what type of people in front of the parole board were granted parole and which weren't. And they were trying to predict this. And what they found was if you normalized it for crime committed, race, religion, all these variables, they still couldn't find a pattern. So what they did was they actually took the blood sugar levels of the parole board. And what they found is the parole board members with moderated blood sugar levels were more likely to grant parole if parole board members had uh, unusual or anomalous blood sugar levels, basically sugar crashes, they were less likely to grant parole. Long story short, if you were up for parole at 11.45 a.m., you probably will be denied because they were hangry. They wanted to eat. Uh, low blood sugar levels, which means when is your best negotiation performance time? Generally in the morning. If you look at a graph uh, that's propagated by the NIH, they looked at most people's blood sugar levels, a uh, large sample set, and you can see your blood sugar levels are moderated right after mealtime, and they generally 
peak somewhere around lunch after uh, meals, and then they go down from there. And the more tired you get, the less you are able to moderate those blood sugar levels. So takeaway here, if you want to negotiate, do it in the morning optimally. And know if you have a marathon negotiations, which I've done many, and many after midnight uh, as they go on and on, uh, you have to know that, hey, there could be some compromise. Maybe you want to have uh, some protein snacks. So the takeaways of this lesson 11 are uh, everything affects negotiation. Taking care of yourself physically, sleep, exercise, meditation, mindfulness, the right food, knowing the time of day, knowing biochemically how you react is important. And those are part of the operational side of negotiation. And that's it for Lesson 11. Thank you so much for watching. This is Martin Medeiros with Negotiation Strategist Research.